This is your Anime DGEN's Weekly Rundown 16. Let's go! Well, welcome back, everybody. It's uh, this episode is just me and Tyler. Uh, Dan is off across the country picking up a camper right now, but we're still <laughs> gonna have a good time. I hope <laughs> he's, he's basically, uh, you know, moving on to like campfire cooking in another world. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> That's what he's doing right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's got a pretty sick trailer he's picking up uh, for camping. It's gonna be awesome, but uh. Guys, in this show, we're going to do, um, so Mashal was on a recap this week, so we don't do those here. Uh, so we're going to skip that one for today, and then we're going to get straight into My Home Hero, Episode 8, Hell's Paradise, Episode 8. And we won't be covering them next week because they will be on a break. Uh, they need a little cool down over there at MAPPA. <laughs> uh, we then have Insomniacs After School, Episode 7, Demon Slayer Season 3, Episode 7, a banger, and then One Piece 1062 we are saving the best for last um that was a crazy episode but uh let's get right into it with my hero episode eight spider's threat my home hero my home hero eight yeah. a spider's threat my <laughs> <laughs> hero oh my bad <laughs> we're breaking the ice we're breaking the ice yeah, uh, yeah. so in this episode tetsuo tries to break into kiyochi's apartment uh, while Kaizen tries to kind of reel in Rika and not have them meet up. And then Tetsuo starts to spin his web around his enemy. So we open up this e uh, episode, just like I said, and Tetsuo's, uh, he immediately like avoids Kyoichi at his apartment. Uh, Tyler, did you like understand how he did that as he was coming out of the elevator? Uh, I'm not sure. Well, he, well, we've seen him run into the stairwell or whatever, but. Just like I told you on last week's episode, there's no way this man's getting caught. And somehow he managed to, like, you know, weasel his way out of it. Yeah, uh, he's got just hopping up in the stairwell, bro. For real. Like, he must be able to teleport, like, Minotaur <laughs> or something, bro. Because, like, how do you, like, see him coming out and he doesn't see you and you get to the stairwell? He's got some I mean, secret powers or something. I mean, the only thing I know is that uh, as soon as the elevator started, like, dinging... If I was him, I would have been probably jumpy and started like looking for a spot, maybe. And you know, our man's pretty smart anyway. So, oh yeah, he's he's had some genius level performances in this uh, anime so far. Props to Tetsuo, <laughs> keeping it keeping it running. Um, but then we it kind of cuts um, to Kaizen intercepting Rika at night over there before she gets to the train. I thought this was a hilarious scene because. Kaizen is doing some great acting. Uh, she's like, you know, are you meeting up with a boy? You know, this is a love interest. <laughs> and, she, and she's like, no. She's like, well, then I'll come with you. That's cool, right? She's like, no. Why are you making that shit weird? And then Kaizen I, just breaks into tears. I thought it was some great acting. Yeah, she did a really good job being the, uh, you know, embarrassing mom at that point. We, we've, all, we've all had that happen a few times. Your parents... Uh, you know, trying to uh, barge in on your private life and you're just trying to like, 
get away from them and then they make you feel like shit, you know, and you're like, oh, shit, <laughs> we got to just cancel this shit now. We got to go home and like clean yeah, the house or something for, I, I don't know. Talk to my mom. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> but I think, yeah, we all have been there. Um, I, I just thought it was a great scene. Um, but then we, so once uh, Kyochi takes his shower, leaves the apartment again, Tetsuo goes back up to his door and he uses what he calls like a thumb, a thumb turn to like open the lock from the outside. And they like censored the thumb turn. Did you like, I thought I was like, how's that going to stop somebody like, from making this thing? They're just going to look it up now. Like, what do you think about them censoring that? I, I didn't think it made sense because if they wanted to like really, uh, like censor it, like they did censor the, like the angles and stuff or mm-hmm. like the whole lockpick or what whatever it is but what the funny thing is is they censored it but the whole time that he was actively trying to break into the door he was explaining how to do it <laughs> that's what i'm like so bro, <laughs> like, like if you're gonna censor this shit then why are you explaining how to do it too like it doesn't make sense make, right. make like, it, put make it in sense, right here you know? for this turn two times and i'm in like, but, damn. but no, we're going to censor, censor the tool because that's that's too much. Yeah, <laughs> they gave you the instructions know. already. That shit was wild. I, I was like, we were talking about this 100% because this is, I've never seen this before. Like, we're, no. we literally seen this man beat, beat Nobuto to death and being tortured and shit like that, but they want to censor this? Right. They teach you how to <laughs> decompose a body. They made the little... <laughs> Uh, the hot pot with a uh, Nobuto's body, but like, this is too much. This, yeah, this right here is this too much. This shit was crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, we we also saw like part of Tetsuo's plan like break down. I think this is like the first time we saw one of his ideas just flat out not work. Um, he tries to get into the apartment. His thumb turn doesn't work. He tries to go to the roof. And he can't get through the little window. You know, if I was that skinny, I'd, I feel like I could lift myself up at least. But, you know, he ain't got it like that. Um, but, go ahead. I mean, like, even in... The thing I never did understand about this is if his plan did succeed, if he was able to get into Kyochi's apartment, mm-hmm. either by the uh, door method or the uh, roof method that he tried out um, or tried to do... Um, what what's the next what's the next step for him after he leaves the bag there? Like, what's he gonna do? Call Matori and be like, "Hey, you know this dude's got this uh, bag up there." Like, that's kind of sus, ain't it? Like, how how I'm just sitting here thinking in my mind, like, how is he gonna set that up to actually like uh, um call you know like make people aware of that? You know? Yeah, I I think he's thinking like they're probably gonna break into Hirochi's apartment like the day that they're supposed to like off him um if he's not off first you know that's like the main condition he has to live through that uh to get through that so I wasn't too sure how he's gonna pull that off but I'm sure he had like something up his sleeve and probably still does to like get them into his apartment um but yeah him tipping the Yakuza off would be odd for sure yeah because he would have to do it weird and I can not make it seem like it was actually a setup like he's trying to do. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, My thing was like, how is he going to lock the door back? 
Uh, well, good point. Like the deadlock. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was trying to figure out. Maybe I mean he lives in what, what they say the ninth floor, not apartment nine hundred five. So it's not like he can like just climb out the window. Maybe go down like if there's a fire escape. I know in America at least like it's it's illegal not to have like some type some type of fire escape in like larger cities, but like here in Charlotte, you don't need one. So well, I just think, wasn't sure. I think, uh, uh, J- Japan, like, don't they have like laundry chutes too, or trash chutes, laundry chutes, stuff like that inside the apartment usually? Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I guess he could have took a ride, bro. That's a long <laughs> ride, bro. That's about a hundred <laughs> feet down the trash chute. Is crazy. Hey, you better hope there ain't nothing sharp up in there. What if somebody <laughs> drops a bag on your head? <laughs> <laughs> the bag just busted. You're covered in garbage. Hey, oh. he's got that protective uh, bandage on, the, the concussion oh, cap or whatever. Yeah, he's so, good. He's yeah. good. <laughs> we good. We Gucci up in here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he ends up having to like just leave and then get back to Rika's apartment. And uh, he, he did something crafty here, man. He actually replaced the light in the black light to not be able to show blood. Um, I didn't know he had done that at the time. I just thought he cleaned up really well or something. Like, did you think that had happened before they he revealed that he changed it? I, I'm still kind of confused on how he was able to get his hands on it and change it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, did did it show how he did that? Because yeah, it, it did actually. Um, so like when he was in the taxi, that's what he had the stapler for. That's why he bought the stapler. Um, he opened the package, uncurled the plastic around the back, and he bought a different flashlight with the same bulb when he was out like running around but how did how did he take it how did he pick like i'm assuming he picked it up from uh it's just it's just not really making sense because how did he even get the flashlight to begin with and uh like did it show that i don't remember how he got the flashlight um and how did he get it back to where Kyochi was going to pick it up, you know? Uh, this this episode in general seemed a little convoluted and confusing to me. Um, I there's a lot of, like, confu- like you said, there's a lot of confusing factors in this. I just, I wasn't really sure how he got the flash shot and how he put it back before Kyochi picked it up because the henchman, the runner, was the one supposed to buy the flashlight and drop it off for Kyochi and somehow... Uh, somehow Tetsuo got a hold of it, so yeah. I wasn't really sure about all that. But my, I, I f- just formulated a theory so that like the henchman got there before Tetsuo did, right? Because he saw the envelope was in nine oh five. Um, he I guess he got this stuff out and went back into the taxi and had to go to the store and buy a bulb. That's the only thing I could think because how he would he know what type of bulb is in it? You know, in in that light. But yeah, uh-huh. it doesn't. It doesn't. It just yeah. showed him in the back of the like the cab, fi- you know, f- fixing it up. So he had to t- get a ride somewhere during all of like a, a separate ride during all this. Yeah, I just uh, I'm not buying it. But no, uh, for, for <laughs> plot sake, for plot sake, we'll we'll let it go. We'll we'll, let we'll ride slide. with it. So yeah. <laughs> we we'll don't know what slide. the hell how he's doing this shit, but he's doing this shit. <laughs> um. Yeah, but I thought that was pretty genius, and he like explained uh, like why he was so tired by saying, "Hey, I was trying to escape," and uh, 
secure it. She was like, you're dumb. Like, you, I got the GPS on you in your phone anyway. Like, you can't just leave a phone laying somewhere. Um, so <laughs> well, maybe QRG is not as smart too, as he thinks. Though. Yeah. Huh? I said he answered his phone too, though. Yeah. He had that call so. forwarding going on, uh, with the, with the, uh, burner phone he has. Yeah. So he's got a good little setup here. Good little setup. Um, you know, you know what would afford his plan a little bit? What? If Kiyochi was smart enough to call him while he was sitting there and watch it, uh, go to his, uh, go to the other phone. That would have ruined his plan. It would have. I so. mean, he probably turned off the call forwarding though once he got back. You, you would, would hope so, but I mean, you never he's know. A, we're talking about a smart dude. This guy's like got a IQ of like one fifty or something. How he's how he's moving. <laughs> but yeah, he was, yeah. So he switches the light, and then he makes QHU think that the rest of the Yakuza Takada is like plotting against him. Uh, which I thought was genius, and he did it just in time so Kurochi wouldn't figure out that he switched the light because fingerprints weren't showing up or something like that. And he's like, he's he's a sharp dude; he'll notice that. So I have to bring this up right after he turns off the light, uh, which he does. It was I didn't see this part of the plane coming in so quickly, um, but I guess they are getting killed the next day, so it's now or never at this point. It's nighttime. Yeah, uh, I still I'm still not. Sh- and you know they what what he said is they're trying to blame it on um Takeda now they're trying he's trying to make Kiyochi go against Takeda yeah. saying that Takeda is targeting and trying to set up Kiyochi and when it's Tetsuo all along and I just don't know how he's gonna get uh Kiyochi to um on his side you know and uh help him with his plan because I don't think that he's going to be able to pull off a uh, setup plan for Takeda like he tried to do with Kyochi because he has no contact with Takeda. He, he has no idea about Takeda. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think he wants Kyochi just to believe he's trying to set up Takeda and he's still going to set up Kyochi. Um, but he needs them to have like some tension so that they already suspect Kyochi. You think you think you think Tetsuo Tetsuo's Still going to set up Kyochi even after learning like some of his backstory and stuff, uh, you know, about it, the, his dad being killed by the Yakuza and wanting to set up a shop, blah, blah, blah. I think he will because I don't think he has any other choice. I mean, it's less than 24 hours before it's, you know, everything is going to go down at this point. I don't think you can really change your plans, especially when you don't know where Takada lives. You know, you haven't, he hasn't have a way to frame him. Yeah, see. The only the only wild theory that I got right now on the way Kyochi gets out of this mm-hmm. is that we know that he seems like uh um he seems like that he wants to avenge his father, you know, kinda for the Yakuza killing him. Um so maybe he tries but but the thing is, Tetsuo's got to be smart with it. But, you know, Kyochi can actually try to frame uh, Takata and take down the organization somehow from the inside. This could be his out, you know. And But it's just got to, Tetsuo's got to just play it right, you know. Yeah, I, I thought it was weird that, like, Kyochi, like, brought Tetsuo to his apartment. Um was taking suggestions to like where to search and like what to look for 
And then he turns around and says he doesn't t- trust Tetsuo. <laughs> you know, like that, that was weird to me. Like, why would you bring this man to your apartment? You know, you, you got his head pointing down, but who fucking cares? Like he knows where he's at. Um, <laughs> so like, I thought that was like really weird of him to do that unless he's just like fronting, you know? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really understand that either. Cause you know, you literally kept him, uh, uh, chained up in the, uh, uh, Rika's apartment, you know, to go meet Rika. So why not leave him there while you go check out your apartment or whatever? And like me personally, I thought that, you know, uh, uh, Tetsuo had the bag in his bag and was going to try to be slick with it and plant it somewhere. But that's uh, what I thought, too. Yeah. Yeah. But that that's not the case. He didn't try. No, he didn't try nothing like that. But he did learn that he has like a safe. And I'm assuming he wants to try to get into the safe and put the uh, the mystery bag up in the safe. Yeah, I, th- I thought he was trying to like listen for the combination when he was putting the numbers in or whatever it was. Could I be mean, alphanumeric. But you still think Kyuichi wants smart, to get revenge? But what'd you say? I said you still think Kyuichi wants to get revenge on the on the. Uh, yeah, I think okay. so. All right. Because, I mean, he was talking about it, and you, I think that. I think he joined the gang to figure out a way to uh, maybe find find out who the killer was for his father. Maybe I don't. Yeah. Uh, he probably hasn't found that out yet, but I think he's trying to work his way up through the ranks to find it out. Mm-hmm. But this this put a little uh, damper on his plans, probably because you know. Uh, they they finna die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they both gonna finna die in less than uh, twenty four hours, so they don't have much time. Um, yeah, I I wasn't getting those vibes, but that would make sense to how this would end. Um, I don't know if this is supposed to be like twelve or thirteen episode run right here, um, but we're on episode eight, and I don't know how they're gonna drag out this whole other day, this one day for four episodes or whatever they have to do. I don't think they will. I think uh, I think that we'll see the final day like within the next couple of episodes and then uh and after happens um okay i think somehow you know you know they're making it through this somehow but what if this turns into like a like a buddy daddy scenario and uh you know where like ray and uh ray and them took down his father and stuff or went and faced the father what if something like that happens in my home hero where Tetsuo and Kyochi, you know, face the Yakuza together um, and uh, take them down from the inside or something like that. Yeah. I think it's getting to that point where like, that's probably the most likely thing to happen. Um, I think you're right about that. And like that, that play with him avenging his father would be there as well. Cause I don't, I just don't see how Tetsuo is going to do this by himself at this point. Um, he doesn't have a way. To, I thought he was going to try to plant that bag in, in his apartment. I thought he was going to try to pull some slick shit, but he didn't. Um, and maybe he does, you know, feel bad because he is saving up to like reopen that that family restaurant with his mom, I believe, with that that money that's in the safe. But he said he's really close to it as well. So that's true. Yeah, I just don't. I have no idea how this is going to end. Um, but they left us with another cliffhanger at the very end. It was Kaisen looking like a storm drain on the street. And she started smirking when she was looking in there. So she found something, man. I, 
it must be some pretty damning evidence or something that they can use. I couldn't imagine what else it is unless something was planted you, there. I don't know. What do you think it is? Um, I got an idea. You do? I have and no I idea. I've been right. thinking about this for like two days. Yeah. <laughs> I have no you, idea. You don't have any idea? No, nah, man. Me, let me tell you what it is. Go for it. It is the body bag. It's the body bag? It's the body bag. Because he went to the cab and, you know, he could, he didn't take it with him. So the man was out oh, there waiting for an shit. hour in the cab and he went back by there. I don't know how. I, I guess he went back by there before he went back up and chained himself back up. But he went back by there at some point and was like, sorry for making you wait, blah, blah. And I guarantee uh, Tetsuo put that body bag in that drain and told Kaysen to go pick it up. Mm, mm. And Kaysen was surprised that I guess they was wor- she was worried that it wasn't going to be there, but uh, it was still there. So that, that's what that, I think. That's a good theory, bro. Nah, I for real, I'm that's good. percent right, so. You're a little bit better at this detective thing than I am, I think. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good, bro. Oh man. Yeah, this this uh this anime's kept me on the edge of my seat like the whole time. There's been a couple like slower episodes where I was like, they need to pick up the pace, but yeah, this is good shit right here. I'm excited to see what's gonna happen. Yeah. Uh do you have anything else for it? I think we covered mostly everything, right? Damn, man, I'm good to go. Oh yeah. We're going to start off on uh, The New Hell's Paradise, episode eight. It's uh, called Student and Master. And just like Bass said earlier, you know, the, there's going to be a break next week for whatever reason. I I haven't seen the reasoning, but we're assuming MAPPA's just, uh, you know, on fire over there. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, to sum it up, uh, Tenza and Nuragai Nur- are trying to find a current to get off the island. When another strange Tenzin shows up, as they run away, they run, they bump into Tenzin's master, Shion. And <clears throat> this is, uh, the episode started off with like a backstory of Tenza, and we don't see many episodes of shows start off with like a flashback style uh, going on. Were you like aware of who the little blonde kid was at I didn't, first? I, I didn't put it together, um, for a while, um, but once we ran into Shion, I was like, okay, that has to be him because that's his master and it was his master in the flashback. But yeah, I had no idea it was Tenza for like the first you, maybe five minutes of the show. I had no idea. You figured it out <laughs> before I did because I didn't. I didn't realize that it was uh, Tenza uh, until they actually came back to present. So I, it, I had no idea who it was even know back when they when Shion showed up so oh damn yeah it was (laughs) it was it was it was a little confusing but it was cool to see that um not knowing who it was I was like how's this gonna play into the story but it gave us great context for the whole episode I thought it was I thought it was a nice touch by the end of the episode but yeah like you said like I was a little confused to start yeah and and, uh like it, it makes you wonder, like, when uh, flashbacks like this happen, you know, what's really going to happen uh, when they start off uh, opening up the show. And, you know, right away after we come back, um, we see that Nuragai and Tenza, they, they actually got approached by a new Tenzin on the beach. We haven't seen this one before. 
and she she or he or what whatever it is (laughs) um, i don't i don't know i don't think it's a a human with like a like a gender i think it's just a thing a monster whatever it is it looks badder than the two that we've seen so far oh yeah it's 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 fixing to screw some shit up so Uh, oh and it did (laughs) it did (laughs) um I really thought it was like a cool design with the hair, like it, how it like almost looked like fire with like the orange, red, and 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 yellow like streaks in in its hair. Um, I also thought it was funny. It was a little different than the first two Tenzin we saw that were like a little bit more emotional. Uh, we also caught them in a compromising position, um, which may have caused that emotional uh, state out of those two. But this one was really calm. Even while fighting, you know, not really showing much emotion, um, being really surgical with how it was approaching, you know, uh, Tenza and uh, what's all girl's name, Nuraga. Yeah. Uh, so it was it was cool to see like a different mood out of them. Um, but this one's obviously was still unkillable. Um, they were taken. They didn't take any damage on the beach, I don't think, or much damage, but they got away at least for a little bit. Um, and we saw that. Cutting off their head, even though it, they do heal, that really slowed down how quickly they heal, which I thought was really awesome. That was yeah, a good think, little pop plot point right there. I think that uh, it also helped that uh, not only did uh, uh, Tenza cut off uh, its head, he actually cut off, like I think, all of its arms and legs plus its head at the same time because dude is slick with the sword. Oh he's yeah, he's fast. Yeah, he was quick with it. It was mentioned uh, a few times throughout this episode. I thought it was like mad creepy uh, to see how the Tenzin's eyes healed when he cut across the face <laughs> the first time. It was so nasty looking because like, <laughs> like we had seen him like get cut like in half, like vertically, like down through the shoulder to the other side of the abdomen, and like that wasn't that bad to me. But like something about seeing the face come together and the, and like the emotionlessness, it was just it was eerie to me. Like I couldn't imagine like fighting somebody and that happens. I'd be like, yo, I'm out. I'm I'm running. I can't win. And another thing, like uh obviously our boy Tenza and uh Niraga run away, you know, because they figured you know, that's the whole point of like chopping off their heads and stuff to buy some time. And they run away and you know, we say that they bought time, but we're not we're talking like um, you know, thirty seconds uh yeah. instead of instantly. Um they bought like 30 seconds of time and then the tents and the new tents and just appears out of nowhere in front of them. Just like, uh, like, um, I don't, I don't even know the word to use. Like, uh, I, I does some kind of move where they just like, uh, like a spirit gun or something and blast him away, you know, with air. Oh yeah. I remember that. Um, I don't it even was, know what it, you would call that. No, so. me either. <laughs> I, I understand why you were in a loss of words there. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was like a, like some kind of spirit gun thing. Uh, not trying to take anything from you, Haka Show, but like I'm, I'm. It just like makes me wonder, like, how do you actually defeat these things? You know, how they're gonna do this in the end? Uh, other than like just sealing them in something. I don't know if they have like sealing ninjutsu like in Naruto. Um, but these things pose a really big threat to like what everybody's trying to do here. Um, and we've seen three out of the maybe 12 Tencent. So like if they start jumping people, it's a wrap. And the, the even, even scarier thing is, is, you know, uh, Tenza is 
like we said, very fast with his swords. And uh, he tried to, like, um, uh, go crazy on her again. And she's just like, or it's just like, uh, I've adapted. Those won't work on me no more. And uh, that's that's scary because she it, it's untouchable now. Um, yeah, it learned really, really quickly. Yeah, he 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 can't even like hit now, and uh, that's when uh, I think Shion comes in at that moment, right? And, yeah, like, and, and he does a beheading, and he's like, "Hey, you always have to take off the head." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Hey, that's what we do best over the Yamada clan. We take the heads off." You know, Tins has already tried to take off the head before, and mm-hmm. it, you know it doesn't work like that. Shion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they, I mean, they they get the dipping again. Uh, it's nothing to do but run when you're up against something like that. Um, the things are mad strong. That like little finger gun, air pistol thing that it does was putting holes in our boy as they actually got the scrap. And when they caught up to the trio now with Shion, uh, Nurugai, and Tenza. Um, but there was a. I really loved the flashback for this reason. It really built that bond between Shion and Nurugai um, because he did. You know, uh, Tenzin, Tenza did fall in this episode, um, but he went out in a blaze of glory. I thought it was really cool what he did. He kind of like sacrificed himself for the rest of the crew there. Um, even with like, he had like seven holes in him and was still boxing. Yeah, My man's got heart. He, he didn't have a throat at that time, but he had a lot of heart. Um uh, and the man, the man, you know, since the sword wouldn't work on this, uh, this thing, this creature, he dropped and just started like pulling up with his fist. Yo, and I thought that like, was so cool. Pulverized, like I guess if it was a normal human being, um, the the head would have been mush, but uh, it didn't stay mush for long. Um, no, he was breaking that thing up. You know, I wouldn't want to get into the to ring with old buddy. Uh, so did you? Did you like expect uh, uh, to to be killed in this episode and like uh, as fast as he was? So obviously at the beginning I didn't, but once uh, that Tenson like put like the four holes in him and he couldn't even like talk anymore and he was like bleeding, I figured he was going to die. Yeah. Cause so, like, how do you come back from that? So, so the thing is, is like, we've seen all these flashbacks and stuff and you know, that's uh you know, that's a little bit of foreshadowing, shadowing, mm-hmm. but when Shion showed up, as the third, I knew someone was going to die. Me, personally, I thought it was Shion. I thought Shion was going to uh, um, find a way to sacrifice himself. And he was he was trying to. Um, but uh, Tenza just wouldn't let that happen. And uh, you, give, you give a man, you know, his sensei coming back and flashbacks and someone to, that he's trying to protect, the man's dying. Oh, so, it was a wrap. Yeah, once yeah. you put all that together, you, you know how it go. You know, especially yeah. in anime, is you you get a flashback, you start <laughs> thinking about home too much. It's, you gone, like it's, it's it. <laughs> it's classic shonen, bro. They We're packing here. you up. <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping that that uh, Shion was going to be the person to die. I really like Tenza as a character. I thought he added a lot of humor to the to the show. Um, he was he's like just really dumb but really skilled, and I thought that was a cool character to have. Um, He's he's going away, obviously, but Shion, he brings something a little d- bit different to the show as well. He's like just like an old wise man. Um, also cool because he's he's blind. He just goes off sound, 
and uh and feeling and uh even even Naru, uh, Naru, was like, hey, you know, how is he moving around? Like, how is he actually helping us? And, and Tenza explains it, but yeah, it's unfortunate. Homeboy had to die, but the, he's the, a, the he's writing like was on the wall. He's like a boy in uh, One Piece. Who are you talking about? Uh, the Admiral, you know, that we've seen uh, back in, uh, uh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Whatever the Doflamingo arc, uh, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. I don't know his name, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah. It ain't Alka Eiji, is it? No, that's that's the uh, that's a uh, old fire dude, ain't it? I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> <laughs> Isho. Isho. Yeah, is I didn't know his name. I literally typed that? in a uh, purple admiral one piece. Um, oh, yeah. Isho, also known as Fugitora. Yeah, Fugitora. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who. Like as soon as as soon as I seen that, like that's who he reminded me of. But you know, Fugitora, you know, he um he became blind for other reasons, I believe. And our boy Shion probably got his in the battle and stuff. So yeah. Well, I I'm thinking maybe it was punishment because he has like the one straight scar across his forehead and then it's two vertical lines down into his eyes. I I thought that was more like probably somebody slashed his eyes. Is that punishment? So? Okay. I think so. I it it didn't it looked like like too clean and uniform to be like a battle okay if that makes sense so i was thinking maybe his punishment and that's why he's an old wise man now he's learned from his his heinous ways as a young man or a young samurai wonder if we're gonna get like a backstory of him oh we gotta yeah. Yeah. i want more um because <laughs> he seemed like a really cool dude he pulled tens off the streets and kind of showed him the, the way give, gave him a life to live really um taught him the sword yeah it was uh it was pretty it was pretty neat to see their relationship and stuff and um you know we also learned that that wasn't his first uh uh junior um you know uh he actually had other ones that went down the same path as as uh Tenza did but he didn't come back from it um like Tenza did they he actually ended up you know having to uh execute his other junior which was That's, that was sad man yeah, it was pretty messed up. So yeah, um, and I think but, that was a good a good way to like show like how rule abiding Shion is because like you said, yeah, like his his uh, former junior left the clan, went back out to the streets, committed a crime, and he had to execute him. And then one thing, I, and he even wanted to execute a uh, Naru guy, um, while they were trying to like escape from the Tenzin, and he didn't understand why Tenza was protecting him um but he kind of made a deal he's like hey as long as you don't you know she doesn't do anything bad and she's not really that bad of a person she hasn't committed any like real crime but he says the times we live in dictate what is a crime and i thought that was a crazy quote um because it's it's really true you know what i'm saying um yeah. we's becoming more legal here in the united states and 50 years ago or really even 20 years ago still in south carolina uh, my home state you go to jail for any amount of it you have a criminal record, but you know, in places like Colorado, you can go to a store and buy it up North in the Northeast. You can. And it's, it's just like, I loved how messed up that was in the situation, but also really, really true. Um, but it seems like he doesn't do much thinking for himself when it comes to his responsibilities. Cause he's just said, you know, we're the blade of the law, but we don't determine what the law is. Yeah. And another thing I really uh, loved that they did was that they pieced together um something that 
Shion told Tenza, and uh, I forget what the saying was, but uh, he was like, um, uh, basically, uh, follow follow the rules, whatever, uh, do your best, and and then one day you'll you'll have something to protect, and um, that's why I think that's one of the reasons why he backed down from uh, Tenza and Nuragai because. Um, he he sensed that uh, Tenza finally found something to protect uh, in Nuragai. Now, whether that was a uh, uh, love or just like a fatherly figure type uh, relationship, I, we 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 won't know. Uh, but I think that's I think I thought that was pretty neat. So yeah. I thought it was kind of crazy. Like, uh, Narugai was like, Hey, you're freaking awesome. I'm going to marry you. And he's like, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. I don't even know you. But then like in like when his life was flashing before his eyes, when he's fighting the Tencent, there's like a, a scene of them getting married in it. So I thought that was, it was odd, but I was like, okay. Like, so you were, you were interested my guy. <laughs> yeah, and, and which is kind of like, uh, taboo. You know, because yeah. uh, I'm pretty sure our boy is, um, you would think he's older 18, over 18. And, uh, but we're not really sure of how old he is, but he's definitely older. And I would say that our girl Nura guy is like, probably like, what, 12, 13? Yeah, I, I think this is like set in the Edo period. And that wasn't like, completely off out of the the realm of possibility during that time um because i mean even my my grandparents on my mother's side they they got married when they were 14 and 12 you know down here in the south old school stuff people get used to get married at a lot younger age so i was thinking maybe he was like older teens and it like wasn't like way out of the way for that to be a possibility but it was crazy how they built that kind of relationship so quickly and that that bond was so strong already it's uh, tragic that our boy had to had to be uh, sacrificed. Though I still think it probably should have been Shion, but yeah, yeah, same here. <laughs> One thing I did want to touch on, I thought was pretty important. The Tenson said the victims have to be alive to go in that hole and get turned into Tan. So we won't. I don't think we'll see a lot of the Tenson go for straight up kills. And I think that's one way, like, in the end, a lot of the characters can get out of getting absolutely decimated by the Tencent. At least to the, like, the um, ninja show up. They might get a little bit more ruthless um, once some a lot of high school characters come into play. But I thought that was really interesting. I, th- I thought that was a good point that they pointed that out. Because, you know, why aren't the Tencent just murking these people? And that's what I had been thinking the last couple of episodes here. Yeah, and uh, that also gives um, uh, the viewers hope. Um because now we know that they're uh have a reason for not going all out because if they wanted to like if if that Tenzin would have wanted to they could have killed Tenza and Nurga like in 5 seconds flat honestly oh yeah could have just went for the head yeah and uh i think that's if if anybody's able to defeat one that is what's going to be the downfall so uh, i think yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, it's giving our characters some outs here, uh, which I'm glad they, they, they established <laughs> that side of the plot. But this was, uh, unless we have anything else, 
this was like the first episode, full episode without Gabi Mara and crew. Yeah. Did you enjoy like the change of pace here? Was this a, a fun episode for you? Well, even though it wasn't, even though it didn't have our our uh, boy and girl Gabby and uh, Tagiri, uh, this was like action nonstop, pretty much action the whole time, and I really enjoyed that. So, uh, but uh, as we don't really get a whole lot of that uh, in this anime, it's usually like quick action scenes with reaction shots. It seems like most of the time, so. Yeah, I thought it was a good change of pace. It was a more yeah. very solemn episode, but still really, really good. Yeah. yeah. It was one of my more favorite episodes of this so far, and that is saying a lot because I, I do think pretty highly of Hell's Paradise. And I'm very sad that we're not going to get an episode next week, bro. <laughs> Sucks, but, you know, you know, give the animators some rest. I'm sure they deserve it. Yeah, I say probably next week is probably going to be uh, um, a turning point in the series. I would say, and they probably need some extra time to animate it. I would think I'm hoping anyway. So yeah. Cool. Cool. Ready to get to the next. Oh yeah. Let's go. Let's ride. Um, so next guys, we have insomniacs after school seven, the fireworks star. So in this episode, the students pass out flyers before heading up to the school roof to look at some, the fireworks show. Um, Things kind of pick up and get a little spicy with our MCs, yeah. man. That was really exciting. <laughs> um, this episode for me, um, it, got, it got me going. There was a lot revealed. Um, we got some really cool action between our MCs. But, yeah, it just kind of starts out with, you know, you know uh, Nakami and then all the rest of the girls um, heading to the fair to, like, get some action, heading out flyers. And they didn't get a lot of positive feedback. Have you ever had to, like, hand out flyers, dog, to, like, randos? No, man, that club shit wasn't for me, bro. (laughs) (laughs) It it shit fucking sucks, man. Yeah, that club shit wasn't for me. (laughs) I mean, I guess I would have done it, you know, for my friends, but, like, uh, I don't think we ever had to do anything like that. Um, I I think in in Japan, you know, they're more like that type of culture where, you know, there's a lot of people walking around and stuff like that, and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's easier to hand out flyers um, to the public and get advertisement done like that. But where I'm from, small town, like people ain't walking around like that. Right, like, no foot traffic like that. You're going to have to post like up at the Dairy Queen or something, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only the only time where I've had to like actually hand out flyers where it was uh, in college, like, we were doing an event, kind of like the same thing. And uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't for a, a meteor viewing though um so i was like on our like our main bridge to the library so between classes like all like half the people on campus have to walk by and like just nobody looks at you it's it's very humbling i will say um <laughs> so i was like standing out there like just cracking jokes and trying to get people to like take the take the flyer out of pity <laughs> it didn't work it didn't work it was it was terrible but i was i feel like i was the person to be doing it if anybody it reminds me of them, uh, you know, the people that uh, is standing on the side of the road with the signs and shit and trying to get people to notice them, like mm-hmm. free car wash and shit. Uh, it, it takes a lot to do something like that um, because oh, you're yeah. just doing it for uh, for nobody, basically, because everybody just, uh, especially nowadays, people just be trying to avoid your eye contact because they, they oh, don't want to do. be bothered, you know? Yeah, I'm a master of avoiding eye contact in public. <laughs> um, I had to learn that. I had to learn that when I was living in New York, and I and I'm a pro. I'm better than most Southerners about it, actually. 
Hey, you uh, put your put your AirPods in and wear your shades and just just act like you don't see shit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Nona was actually doing a really good job at passing out those flyers, man. Uh, she she was the only one that passed out. I think at least a half of hers. Uh, all the other kids were really like downtrodden about it. But she, hey, props to Nono on this one. Um, yeah. And actually, while Nakami's passing out his flyers, he runs into, I guess it's his classmate and his like his girlfriend, and she says, like, don't gr-, he's like, don't grind yourself the dust. Um, <laughs> that would bro. hurt me. That would hurt me, bro. Dude's just out having a good time, and I'm sitting here passing out flyers. Hey, he he be looking down on Nakami like that, but you know, little does he know uh Nakami's outrisen him on the daily. You know, hundred <laughs> percent. I don't even think he knows it. A hundred percent. No, he he don't he don't know it. He he's <laughs> he, he's too full of he's he's too full of himself to figure it out. Oh yeah, he don't think so. much about our man Nakami. Um, yeah. Ukigawa actually steps in to you know tell Nakami, hey, go go get to the rooftop, dog. You you got something to do tonight, my guy. Yeah. Um, yo, this dude is an A plus wingman. Yeah. I mean, hey. All I know, man, is this dude, he's the MVP of the show. There ain't no he doubt. really is, like, low-key. Um, I wish I would have had a wingman like this growing up in my life. Um, I've had some solid ones. Uh, Dan's a pretty decent wingman himself. <laughs> I've seen him in action. He he gets it popping. Um, but mostly, you know, I've, I've been the wingman, you know. So yeah. you jump on a few grenades, you know, you, you, you move the situation around and... Uh, Ukigawa is a master, bro. He's an absolute master at it. He's like you said, he's been the MVP this entire show. Yeah. Yeah, I've really I've been more the wingman type too. I mean, uh I really haven't had any wingmans either. Uh as you can see, I just I'm, I'm sitting at home by myself you know, watching anime <laughs> oh, no. all day. So yeah. here we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shit, I'm doing the same thing right now. They can't keep me down. Um <laughs> Living our best life, bro. Hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they go up to the freaking rooftop, and it's just, it's just uh, our MCs up there, Magari and Nakami, and um, Magari, you know, she switches into her her evening gown. I don't know, I forgot what they were calling that thing. Yukata. Um, uh, Yukata. She switches into her into her Yukata, and she sits uh, down I'm, next to Nakami. It's crazy. It's crazy. You call that the evening gown? That's like the most formal a uh, uh, woman is can it? get over there. Ah, oh, shit, my bad, my that's, bad. That's 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 like the official formal wear as oh, a okay. Yukata. I need to tap in into the culture over there. My bad, y'all. I ain't trying the to be disrespectful. Gown. Hey, bro, I don't fucking know. I'm just saying shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, lately, lately, you you know, you slice the live boy over here. Your neighborhood slice the live. Bro, I'm glad I'm glad I got you, man. I'm glad I got you. (laughs) (laughs) When they Um, bring out the Yukata, bro, things are getting heavy. Oh yeah, because she started off in just like a pair of jean shorts and a uh, and like a big tee, and I think she wanted to get prettied up. Well, uh, she she regretted that. You could tell it on her face. She regretted that. But who wants to be standing out there in a Yukata, um, handing out flyers? So um, she she had a good point. Honestly, yeah. she said, you know, this is going to be more comfortable and easier for me to move around. But I think she switches it up when she sees Nakami. And like, yo, if I would have, you know, um, went back to, you know, go through the, the fireworks festival 
and I showed up and a girl was, you know, in that, in that nice dress, you know, I'm 14. I would have, I would have froze up. I wouldn't know yeah. what to do. Yeah. She would have had and, me. She would have had the butterflies in my stomach, dog. And Nakami, Nakami made that possible though. When he came back and uh, took the papers from him and be like, and he was like, yo, y'all, y'all go ahead and do y'all saying, I'm going to go finish this shit up, you know? Yeah. So this was definitely a date. Yeah. This yeah. was, this was like definitely a date. Do you think they knew they were on a date though? Uh, I don't think they looked at it as a date. Um, was, I, yeah, I don't think they was seeing things like that. You know, mm-hmm. I think they've ser- they've been on several dates. Um, uh, as of yet. Um, but this was by far the. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't really say. Uh, advanced. The most advanced uh, date yet because that beach episode, man. That that shit got it like that got hot. That got yeah. hot and heavy. Yeah, they, they 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 were really getting into it there. I think I think it takes it to another level when you like in public doing that though. Yeah. Especially thing, like I said with the Yukata. Um that just uh that's uh you know, when a when a girl wears a Yukata in Japan, especially when they're in the presence of uh, you know, other uh male uh friends, uh they obviously want to look they got something on their mind you know they they want to look more right. than normal you know so. yeah they, they try they trying to yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i'm picking up what you're putting down um but yeah they get they get to the rooftop and and nakami like brought a bunch of cushions and a and a blanket and whatnot and and drinks and and food i believe and i thought that was really considerate of him you know everybody's been working trying to help them out um and i think magiri really liked that he did that uh, she's like you're awesome you're so cool and they sit down together and Gary like jokingly says, you know, you're not nervous. You know, you want to be, you know, be a part of the festivities tonight because, you know, you got a cute girl in a, whatever the gown's called sitting next yeah. to you. And uh, he's like, yeah, you're right. And uh, he didn't even like realize he said that out loud <laughs> and they both blushed. I thought that, I thought that shit was so cute, bro. Hey, bro, <laughs> bro got comfy. He got oh, so yeah. comfortable that he didn't even think before he spoke, but thankfully you know that helps him out in his cause. You know, Yukagawa's, uh, you know, efforts isn't going, you know, unrewarded right now. So yeah, no, he did not take those flyers in vain. <laughs> not today, not today. A boy is moving up. <laughs> yes. So that was really cool, and I think they were about to kiss before the the, the girls got to the roof. Um, hey man, I, uh, man, I don't, it, that's what it was looking like to hey. me though. I, I think so too. Uh, that's what I'm trying to say. That's okay, what I'm trying to okay. say. <laughs> yeah, they, they, their know, eyes were wide. No, nah, so. it's too early. It's yeah. too early. Gotta let that shit simmer. Gotta let it fester. Um, yeah, I thought it was a cool, cool little uh, scene there, and um, and they have a good night taking pictures and whatnot. And then I think it's the next day or two after. Um, Gary kind of spills the beans when they're up in the observatory, I think getting ready for the meteor shower thing. Um, talk a little bit about that, man. It's we figure out that Gary actually has a, a heart condition and uh, she has Nakami listen to her heart and it was like half of a heartbeat, which sounded really, really sad. Um, and it was kind of like just in, as far as like the sound goes, it was kind of like just in the background while they were talking for a long time. Yeah. Um, it was sad, but like that was it was cool audio at the same time. Um, really like gets you into the scene. Like, how did you like that little little snippet right there? 
uh, like you said, it's it's pretty tragic, you know, that uh, a young person has to live life like that, um, uh, just because of a defect, uh, such as that. Um, but I think now that we know, uh, now that we know kind of what she meant when she was saying, uh, to uh, Nakami, uh, leave a part of me behind, uh, earlier, and. Mm. I think she's afraid that she she could die at any point, uh, even though she successfully like moved past that as a kid. Uh, it's still a pretty a serious issue that it, it could kill her at any time. Uh, it's probably like one of the reasons why she has that uh, you know, live life to the fullest attitudes. Like she has the bubbly personality. Um, but it's still pretty sad that uh, she is anxious and uh, over. Uh, we find out that's the reason why she can't sleep at night because she's worried that she'll actually die in her sleep. So, yeah, and that's that's really sad to like that she like has to live her life day to day like that. Is scared to even go to sleep because she doesn't think she'll wake up. Yeah, what um, is she like, 15, 16, 17, something like that? So yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, something like that, yeah. I think they were like first or second year in high school, like 14 or 15 or something like that. Um, but I thought it was a cool little scene. Like she steps up on, on like the observatory, like uh, I guess like door, which I thought but, was, I would never want to see somebody do that. I probably would have, if I was him, I probably would have jerk her ass down as soon as she stepped up there. <laughs> <laughs> like, nope. Ain't doing that around me though. Yeah, um, we talk. We talking like they open up the the sky dome, you know, type shit, yep. and uh, you know, they up on the top of the school, and this woman just steps up there, and she's she's saying like, uh, uh, she's saying, oh, I trust me, I won't fall because I'm luckier than that. I'm like a four leaf clover, and yeah, okay, say that again, <laughs> say it louder. Mother Nature heard that shit. She said that gust of wind on her ass. She almost fell, but uh, you know, Nakami caught her, and I thought that was that was pretty romantic. And that's how we get into that scene where she's like, "Hey, listen to my heart." Um, it was it was just it was just a really touching episode, just like overall. Um, yeah, and it takes a lot of courage, you know, to uh, you know, tell someone about your uh, you know, illness like that, it's, and and not like you know because some people. Uh, can't handle that because they're going to worry about you more um, knowing that you have a serious illness wrong with you such as half a heart so yeah it, it, it's it's tragic um, it was heavy but it was a really cute episode um, but Nakami you know kind of comes in big and makes uh, Magiri cry because he says like hey you know I know you now I know why you can't sleep if you need to go to sleep at night you know you can call me and since she can't like talk on the phone because her sister's there and her parents are really strict about staying up late, that's ironic because she was literally leaving the house every night for like weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's like, yeah, you know, since you can't talk back, I'll he's like, he like created a radio station on some app to where like she can she can like listen to him, like just talk about his life and stuff like that. And oh, I yeah. thought that was so fucking cute, bro. It is it, it's really cute, but. I, I didn't understand that because why go through all the trouble like that um, when you can literally just call and, you know, just uh, do the phone call and uh, just not talk, you know, and let uh, Nakami talk. Because this time. is more romantic. 
Tyler. Come on, bro. <laughs> hey, it, it does help. You know, it does it does make it easier to uh talk into something when you know that there can't be a response back. So until yeah. later. I thought so. it was funny. Like uh Nakami was like introducing himself, <laughs> even though it was just from <laughs> Akiri and stuff like that. Man, he's awkward. He, he he's awkward, bro. Oh, <laughs> for sure. About it. <laughs> but McGarry is eating that shit up, boy. Yeah. Um, and she's like under the blanket, like listening to him talk, and and she, yeah, she's really eating it up. Uh, so it was, it was yeah, it was, it was very romantic. And then uh, she makes ends up making her own radio station. It was like titled, I think, just for Nakami. Um, and like she reveals that she has a sister. Um, Nakami has no, had no idea, and they they like learn more about each other because they're having a talk in like pretty much a one way. Um, which I thought was pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. I don't know if I'd ever make a, a channel just to talk to somebody, but you know, you can, you can hit me with that FaceTime. Uh, yeah. but yeah, that was that was awesome, man. That was awesome. And we 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 actually end the episode with uh, McGarry uh, call, uh, falling asleep. Um, uh, as she's talking to Nakami, I guess she, you know, felt so safe and warm uh, talking to Nakami. That she actually dozed off, and uh, Nakami was uh, just really happy, and was just sitting there listening to her like breathe, you know. And he actually falls asleep too, and that's like the first time that our MCs is uh, falling asleep at night, I believe. So yeah, so I, you know, hopefully they can do a little bit better uh, with their insomnia. Um, yeah, because it definitely did make. Akiri felt like very, very comfortable and get her mind off of her heart, her fears. But that was really nice of him to step up. Um, and that, yeah, like you said, that closed up the episode. But Tyler, like you're obviously way more versed in this whole slice of life thing than I am. I'm like, was this like your typical fireworks episode? Cause I know you said that was like kind of like every slice of life or most slices of life have them, you know, was, like, was it different than in any others? Like how was it? Well, I think, uh, you know, your typical fireworks scene and like a slice of life, that's mm-hmm. like, uh, usually the turning point of, uh, of a story, usually like, uh, like some kind of, some type of bold move or something like that happens during the fireworks, uh, to advance the relationship. Um, I would say that him, uh, agreeing, uh, without knowing, that she looks cute counted for that uh because now that hey, they kind of hey. know oh it's in the air now yeah it's, it's there you know the the move has been set you know uh i would say like i said it's like a turning point i i, I think this felt like a turning point because you know that that was done uh we found that she was comfortable enough and safe enough to open up to nakami about her issues and Nakami was accepting enough to accept those issues and offer mm-hmm. her support. And, uh, and we actually see them, you know, uh, become non insomnia acts, uh, at the end of the Very episode. True. So I think this is a huge turning point, um, in the, in this season, honestly. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for, yeah. Thanks for letting me know. I didn't know what to expect with a whole fireworks episode. Uh, yeah. This is this is one of my first 
<laughs> slice of life. So, and it's been oh. cool. I, I I want to know. I'm, I'm gonna have to like text Dan or something like after this and see what he thought about this episode. Uh, I know he isn't a slice of life guy. Um, I think everybody in the Discord knows that, and uh, <laughs> on Twitter as well. <laughs> um, but I really like this one. I'm not typically a slice of life guy, and I really enjoyed this episode. And how like it's fucking adorable. Straight up. I was, I I, I want to ask though, like being as this like is the mid season point. Mm-hmm. or close to it and we got the fireworks show which is usually the you know turning point you know like i explained mm-hmm. uh what what's your thoughts on this show like what would you rate it so far um being like one of your first slice one, of life uh pure. it's it's definitely better than mid so i'm gonna give it over a five is it like great is it, is, is it good like seven maybe not like a high six i'm gonna go like a six point seven Okay, which is i mean it's definitely not bad like i've been enjoying this i don't know if it's something i would like pick to watch just like on my own um but sorry kitty ah (laughs) she just jumped off my chest guys um but uh (laughs) yeah i I think it's been pretty i I think it's been solid that's what i'm gonna say i think it's been solid it's been moments where i'm like okay like let's get on with the story but i think it really improved with me once we understood they were starting a club and like okay. are trying to like develop a skill. It like added a little bit of I guess like tension and like a goal. And I needed that. Yeah, I'm, I I was just in, I was just uh, interested because uh you know, uh, I'm interested to see at the end of this uh, mm-hmm. you know what you know what your opinions changed on uh this show because we don't know what's going to happen. Um we don't know if her illness is going to play any effects into uh the story later on you know we don't know anything that's gonna happen i swear to god bro if she gets (laughs) sick i'm gonna be so mad bro i'm gonna be so mad my heart can't take that my heart can't take that i'm too sensitive we're gonna have to watch your lie in april sometime let's see what's up with it (laughs) big bad (laughs) what i do want to watch i think somebody said in our discord as a suggestion today was like uh what was it uh, the way of a house husband or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. way of a house husband. Yeah, bro. I want to see somebody live out my goals in life. <laughs> um, it's gonna be tough to watch. Um, if, if there's any sugar mamas out there, I can cook like a motherfucker. Just saying. Um, but yeah, I think we're done with that part of the episode. Um, but like I said, yeah, this has been getting way, way, and way better. I think it started off at like a mid four or like a high three to me, but, and it's nearly doubled its score already. So it's doing pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think, I think right now it's probably like a, a higher seven for me. So yeah. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where it takes us though. Uh, you got anything else for it? Um, other than I hadn't, I had no expectations for this show and it's definitely, surprised me and that i actually like it <laughs> just being okay. honest bro um but yeah <laughs> let, let's get to the demon slayer bro yeah hell yeah so um demon slayer episode seven you know it, it's called awful villain um to sum it up kind of it's while tandro is trying to cut hantengu's neck he is rudely interrupted by a new foe who is giving him quite a talking to meanwhile the miss tashira tokido is trying to get out of his water prison. Um, so we start off this episode where we let, 
And this is surprising because I said last week that uh, there was no way we was coming back to Tanjiro and seeing uh, the resorts of uh, him trying to cut Hintengu's neck off. I thought we'd go like to Togito uh, or uh, um, Mitsuri, the love Hashira, mm-hmm. and we come back to this. So, and we see that he's trying to cut Hintengu's neck. And there's also, uh, it, sh- it shows something coming up behind him. He senses something behind him. You want to get into that, Bass? Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, like you said, I thought we were going to switch. I was thinking that maybe like the Love Hashira Mitsuri. Um, I definitely thought we were going to switch from this battle because we, we've been focused on it maybe the last three episodes, I think. Um, but yeah, there was like some dark um like foggy figure behind him and he and Tanji were like sensed him and smelled him and he was like this isn't one of like you know this isn't anger joy pleasure or sorrow we got a new player and he turns around and this little and this, this little short motherfucker um and he's got the uh the drums the ring of drums in, behind his back which i thought was a really cool visual uh we've seen that before with like nl and in, in one piece the, the, the taiko drums um i don't know if that's like prevalent in like Japanese mythology or lore or anything like that but to see it separately in two different animated it has to be something going on there um, but I thought hatred was so funny because he's so hypocritical <laughs> <laughs> he's like telling Tanjiro he, keep, he keeps calling like all the, the demon slayers like awful villains for picking on the weak because uh, he was trying to cut off Huntingo's head when really Tanjiro was like, hey, you've eaten like over 200 people, dog. Like, what are you on right now? Um, <laughs> like, what's up, bro? Yeah, like, are you, you talking serious? About? Are you actually serious right now? I'm trying to save people. You attacked us, first of all. You attacked us. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, he was, I mean, hatred is a, is a good name from him. Um, anger is a little bit different than hatred, uh, obviously. You can just be mad at somebody and not be angry, but hatred is like, it's deeper than that. It has passion behind it, a long-lasting passion. You don't just hate something and not constantly hate it, right? Um, So just the way he was going in on Tanjiro and Nezuko and Ginya was, I thought it was funny. I was laughing when he was doing it. I don't know (laughs) if it was meant to be funny, but I thought it was funny. Like, What was your take on it, dog? I mean, I thought... I I, I kind of laughed a little bit, like you said, just because uh, you know it's very hypocritical. It's ridiculous. Um, and but I was like, this man is actually serious. Like he actually believes the shit that's coming out of his mouth. A thousand you know? percent serious. And I was kind of shocked at that because, uh, <laughs> like, like it make it make sense. Like you you're saying that don't don't try to cut off uh, this weak. Um, uh, s- small thing, but he's obviously not weak and small. I mean, he right. You're he, part of him. First why of you're all, here is because of him. You know, so I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I I have the quote right here. You brutal fiends who torment the weak, atrocious, offensive <laughs> to the extreme. I'm like, yo, bro, what are you on, dog? <laughs> yeah, chill, bro. I was literally laughing out loud when he said that shit. I was like, he can't be serious, but he was he was dead serious. Um, it was very, very ironic. Um, but we actually got to uh, see through Ginya's view that anger kind of like fused up. I should say absorbed because it was a little aggressive. Through uh, the abs- hands. Yeah, he absorbed him through the hands. He, I think he took... 
what was it? Sorrow, joy, and anger. Sorry, sorry, sorrow, pleasure. No, joy and ang- joy and sorrow. Excuse me. I'm going to get it right <laughs> eventually. Um, he took them by surprise and came up behind him. But joy recognized what he was doing and was like, please, no. And sorrow recognized what he's doing. He's like, please, no, I don't want to do this. Like, why do you think that, that he was so being so dramatic about like fusing together with him? Well, I think I think it's one of those situations where um, those individuals was finally free to live outside of uh, the main body, Hentengu's body, and uh, that they didn't want to lose that freedom um, to fuse back into uh, hatred. That's what that's what I think. They just they're just selfish, you know. They just didn't want to come back, you know, because okay. that meant them losing their freedom, dying, and fusing into this uh this one body so yeah that's a good point i didn't think about that because they, they don't get to spend a lot of time like being their own people yeah um, i think they each obviously each have their own personalities oh for so sure i think that you know with them having their own personalities they obviously have their own you know wants and fears too um uh and one of them i think is all the same and that's you know not uh being locked back up so that's that's what I thought about it. What about okay. you? Um, and I, I thought they might be like a little excited. I, I I don't know if they like lose consciousness or they can like see and hear and like input in what's going on inside of that body. But it seems like mostly anger is in control. Um, I wonder if what happens when like say like joy absorbs the rest of them uh, or something like that. Like does it become jubilance? I don't know. Um, but I just don't think they wanted anger in control of them. I think he. I think uh, sorrow would have been less annoyed if it was somebody else, but it seemed like the other emotion demons didn't really like anger. Uh, oh, Cause the think, rest of them seemed fairly happy, you know, like just vibing. Yeah, so you think that like, they're like uh, uh backwards compatible kind of like they can uh, each do that thing. I think so. I, yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, that's, that's interesting. So, cause like, it wouldn't make sense to me that only anger can do it. You know, I don't think sorrow like is really, would do something like that because he's a, like a little bit more timid, but I could see joy or pleasure doing something like that. Okay. Huh. But I think that, it just, uh, I think they like would like turn, I think like their emotions would like just amplify like how anger, anger turns into hate. Like maybe sorrow turns into like something completely, you know, more stronger than sorrow. Well, hopefully we don't get to see anything like that. Hopefully, uh, our boys, uh, what you talking about? <laughs> hopefully, hopefully our boys end up taking hatred down before, uh, they they're able to switch up, you know, switch up uh, 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 players or whatever. I don't know. Oh no, I'm I'm trying to see that. I want to see that, man. <laughs> Pedro's on fumes right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he's not doing well. They're they're barely surviving. Him and uh, Genya are just hanging on by a thread. But I think we will see it. I think we will see them fuse in a different way. Um, we still have a. a good few episodes to go i think there's going to be another level that they go to um i think this whole hantingu thing is i think he's probably gonna be the last one to get taken out i think uh gyoko um is gonna go out first he seems like less interesting i think that's why they're probably gonna kill him off first and they're probably gonna wrap up with hantingu because he seems a lot more complicated to kill and uh another thing to going off of what you said um about the um uh personalities uh having their own mega form or whatever 
Mm-hmm. Um, now that they're all absorbed in each other, I think maybe it would be easier for them to just switch out to the other mega form if one of them wanted to take over. I guess you can say instead of having to absorb them all again or take time to absorb them again. Um, I think I feel like that they would be able to just switch. You know, I, I what I think is going to happen is. The, the Hashira are going to come back and they're going to start slicing the heads off again. But then they're going to have to combine again and get stronger again. That's what I think is going to happen. That's why I was saying I think they confuse into each other in like whatever order. Um, Because and, I, I don't know. I don't know, though. You know, it's, it's and there's, so many ways there's, it can uh, end. Five, there's five uh, uh, different um, demons mm-hmm. um, with a Hatengu, with Hintengu, uh um, uh, and counted as well. Yeah. Uh, obviously, right now, hatred has the rest of them uh, confused or whatever, except for the little Hentengu. But did you know that? Uh, did you notice that the wood dragons uh, that uh, he conjured? There's five of them, I think. Right? Yeah, there was five. Yeah, you're right. So, what if uh, those are like one for each one? Like, what if it plays something like that? One for each one, and you have to like kind of cut their heads off or something like that, and his at the same time. And I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. Like, this uh, there, there's a reason why there's only five, and there's five demons. So, yeah. I think. I thought it was. I, I, by the way, those wood dragons, dragons were really, really cool. Um, yeah. I thought the animation on those were superb. I, I think that was CGI. I think it was, but it, it, it it's hard to tell though because that, that shit looks so good. You couldn't tell it was CGI. So that's true. Um, but yeah, I thought they animated it really well. Um, he was like controlling it with the drums on his back, the taiko drums on his back, and getting them to attack. So I think that's. I think once you get in close to him, he's like pretty easy to deal with. He seems like a, like a range character. Um, but it's going to be hard for them to get to Han Tengu because he is like inside of that, like that wood prison or like shell, you know what I'm saying? So they're going to have to deal with, with old hatred first in some way to get him to release it. Hey, Demon Slayer just, they, they just went Naruto, bro. They pulled out, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, I forget his name. Uh, the, uh, sealed. No, no, no. That, uh, was, was uh, over, uh, Naruto for that time that uh, was able to seal him up uh, when he got wild, when Karama went wild. Uh, oh, I forget his name. About... He died, you know. He ended up dying. Um, uh, The one that had the scary-looking face. Man. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he had, yeah. like, the like the little baby-ass wood jutsu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember his name right now. Yeah, yeah, he got kidnapped and stuff. But, yeah, no, I, yeah, I see what you're saying. He took it... over for Kakashi, remember? Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Great character, by the I, way. I wish I, really I wish him. I knew his name. I forget it. It's been it's been a while since I watched it, and uh, yeah, um, I just don't know his name. But <laughs> <laughs> so when we get like formally introduced to to uh, so Katuin, the, the anger, the hatred demon, he almost made Ginya passed out, and like I immediately in my mind, I was like, bro, the hatred demon so strong, like he's taking Conqueror's hockey I, from One Piece right now. Like he he made my man weak in the knees. He almost passed out. Yeah. So would, I I don't really know. Uh, I was kind of wondering about that myself. Um, 
does the Demon Slayer world have something that's similar to hockey that we're just now uh, diving into, you think? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I know the only thing I can think of, which is not this, is when Tanjiro, like, smells like the hatred or bad blood of a demon. Like, he always, like, turns his nose up. But, yeah, he just was giving off that terrible, terrible, nasty aura. And I don't think we had seen them, like, because Tanjiro, even Tanjiro's eyes, we got to see it through his 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 view, and it, his eyes were like fuzzy, and he was having to like concentrate to be able to like stay awake and not you know not go unconscious. So yeah, I don't know what we're getting introduced with to with that, but I'm sure it will come up again. I don't think that's like an anomaly, you know. Yeah, I'm excited to see if that actually is just uh, you know uh, related to the hatred demon, or if that's actually a thing that's. Uh, um that happens um that's gonna be though you know that they're gonna dive more into in a later episode so what if he what if he like just hates them so much they almost passed out that shit would be hilarious i mean still like you would have to have some type of hockey uh situation going on in order to pass that feeling on to other people though right big true big true yeah so i don't know man <laughs> it's wild up in here. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it, it really is. It's getting nuts. Um, but we we go back to the Miss Hashira, and he's trying to escape that water prison that Jug he, he's in. Um, the the vase, the vase, and he can't get out. He has one more, you know, a one a breath left for one more move, uh, and he can't get through. It's you know, breathing uh, Miss Breathing Form Number One, and suck just a, a thrust attack, and it's not enough. And then was that, um, what was the younger sort of, Kotetsu? Was that him who was trying to help him get out of that bubble? Uh, yeah, that was the younger, uh, that was the, uh, younger, uh, swordsmith that, um, yeah. uh, was upset because, uh, Tokido was destroying the, the, uh, the doll, you know, earlier on. Mm -hmm. Um, that was the same one. And, uh, and what Bass is talking about is that uh, he he come up out of nowhere and just started like trying to slice open the um, the water vase, and which obviously it's not gonna work because you know even the first form of uh, uh, Tokido um, couldn't get it done. So how is this little kid gonna get it done? So <laughs> with the fucking I mean, steak knife. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I thought that shit was now. funny. Yeah. Um, I was thinking maybe he was going to break it because maybe it was weak from the outside. Yeah, maybe. But no, that was not the case. Uh, he ends up getting sliced up by like this scorpion looking little fish demon, which I love when these things start roaming around because they look so funny. Um, but he gets <laughs> he gets sliced up pretty bad. And uh, Tokido, uh, Tokito actually says it was like a killing blow that he suffered to like the middle of his, his chest or abdomen. So I really yeah. hope our boy does not die. I hope they can like cauterize that or something. But well, I think that uh, you know um, he said it was a killing blow and they should put pressure on it. Blah blah blah. But I th I honestly think that with his uh, last few breaths, we see him uh, go over there and like transfer air to Tokido inside the uh, bubble and or vase, the water vase. And I really do think that that was um, his dying breath. I think I think that was the end for uh, oh mm. oh boy. So 
honestly. Such a good kid, too. Such a good kid. But yeah, <laughs> they they he he got the breath transfer transferred to him, and then he was able to do uh do are you familiar with the move he did? I forget what he what he did. Yeah, so it was uh mist breathing second form seven seven shades of mist seven layers of mist, um which is pretty much like just a bunch of slashes, a little bit stronger much, than form one. Yeah, yeah, and he, much he, stronger. Yeah, and so he breaks right through once he can do that. Um, and you, as you guys know, it's like you know that, that's a demon slayer's biggest strength is their breathing. They have to have good breathing to be able to do those moves. So he finally gets them out of there, and we cut to the inside of the shack where Mister Haganet Haganazuka is sharpening, I guess, polishing that three hundred year old sword. And let me tell you, bro, his <laughs> focus was un- unmatchable, unmatchable. Um. Gyoko's like slashing him in the back. He doesn't even like feels you know, he, he doesn't even feel it. He's still talking about the sword in his head, being <laughs> smooth with it. And it really pisses off Gyoko. Uh I thought this was an awesome scene. Um because Gyoko, like one, he recognized his artistry and his level of commitment. And Gyoko's like, I've never had that level of focus. I'm, and he could have killed him at any point, right? He's pretty much defenseless. Um, he's not even paying attention uh, to anything else except for that sword and that oil. And he's like, no, no, it's not good enough to kill this man. I got to break his focus. I need to, I need this to stop. I need to, I need to be the reason this stops. And he just can't do it. What'd you think about that scene, dude? I mean, it just, it just goes to show you that this, this, uh, uh, Gyoko, he's just like, he's, he's like possessed. Like he's, he doesn't make sense. He doesn't operate like a normal, uh, person. Like he's just crazy. And yeah instead of just like killing he knows that whatever he's working on must be important but instead of uh you know uh getting rid of it and getting rid of the person working on it he he just wants to make him break focus and uh that's obviously going to be his downfall because you know he's given uh old tokido time to uh um formulate a plan and save him because i think um I think oh uh Haganazuka is um about done with that sword and it looked and like it. We seen our boy Tokido complaining th- that his sword was all chipped and that's the reason why he couldn't really get out with that first uh breathing form. So what if oh Tokido gets that sword? Um yeah, we all thought it would go to Tanjiro, but what if he gets it first? Bro, and, I really hope Tanjiro gets it though. So, I know it doesn't look like he's going to. Uh, but it's 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 wild because uh, it's it's wild that he can stay doing it even though he's being attacked that hard. So yeah, he's getting all sliced up, multiple cuts to the back, neck and shoulder, and he, he doesn't give a fuck. I almost <laughs> forgot it was Mister Haganazuka in that shack because I forgot he was so swole now. Um, he actually gets the mask cut off his face, and it's the first time we see the face of one of the swordsmiths. And I thought that was really cool. And I think any other swordsmith uh, would have eased up after that because I think their masks are kind of sacred to them. Yeah, I think at this point, uh, uh, he's just, you know, he feels extremely bad because his past swordsmen, uh, his past swords have been like low quality, and Tandro has been breaking them easily. I think that he he wants to do a really good job on this sword um, because he knows it's 
such a good quality and he needs to surpass, you know, his past works and, you know, work hard. And he had to, you know, gain that muscle to do that. So. Oh yeah. And like, he also mentions that like, there's only one, one, uh, uh, character on the sword. He's like, why didn't this man put his name on this sword? This sword's amazing. And then he's like, I don't think if they ever reveal that the, what the character is during the episode. No. But all but of a sudden, uh, Hagana Zuka like gets it. He's like, this sword was made for one purpose and one purpose only. I have to make this happen. Um, and it's gonna it's gonna be wild because I think we won't learn the character, the name uh, of it, or whatever until it's being it's being in it's being put in whoever is gonna get its hands, and then we'll actually figure out what it said. And I think it'll be a uh, a very fun uh fun meaning. So it should be a pretty big impact. I really hope Tanjiro gets it, but I think the Miss Hashiro needs it a little bit more right now. Um, I don't think he can cut the neck off uh, Gyoko, how that sword is uh, right now that he has in his hands. It's all chipped up, battered, and bruised. What do you think about old Tokido being like, uh, you know, please send help, um, or who's going to help me? Um, I'm the strongest one. There's no one stronger than me, you know? What do you think about that? He kind of got a little bit of confidence going on, even though he was dying. I think it's arrogance. Uh, I, I would go to the side of arrogance, thinking you're the strongest. Um, I think any anytime, my my dad always taught me there's always gonna be somebody better than you than at everything. Um, and that's just true. There's eight billion people on this planet. Uh, the chances of me being the best at anything is very very low. Uh. <laughs> Or else I'd probably hey. be famous for something. Hey, you're the best at being you, bro. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, but like whenever, you know, he says that like, oh, I'm the strongest. Who can help me? I like the, the fact it was uh, Kotetsu who came and yeah. helped him. The boy who really can't help anybody right now. Um, couldn't even defend his doll from this man. Yet he came back and gave him his breath of life that he needed to, to live. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really interesting how Tanjiro was the person to appear to the Miss Hashira to talk to him. And like, I didn't understand why that was until the very end of the episode. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, what did you think about him saying he was the strongest? I mean, I don't think, just, I don't think it's true either. I'm not, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I don't really think it's true either, but I think it's just showing you that, uh, the way he thinks. And I think that uh, his way of thinking is going to change. Just like you mentioned Tanjiro showing up to him in his little uh, um, hall uh, hallucination thing. Um, I think that Tanjiro has been the driving force of change for him. And that's the reason why Tanjiro showed up uh, at that time, which he later uh, transformed into uh, what we figured found out that it was actually his father and he was like, well, that's why I was seeing Tandro because, you know, he reminded me of my thought father's, uh, you know, uh, eyes. They both had the same shade of eyes, the red shade of eyes. Um, so I think Tandro is actually playing a big part in his changing. Um, and I think that we're actually seeing him, uh, realize that he may think he's the strongest, but, Look at what shape he got in, and look who had to save him—the weakest one right. of the Swordsmith Village. So it was pretty wild. 
Yeah, I thought that's gonna. I thought that's really good for the Miss Hashira, uh, Tokito. Um, but what I think the reason is that he thought that he was the strongest was because his his whole mind is shredded and missed anyway. I think that's a part of the reason why he's the Miss Hashira. He doesn't have a memory. He doesn't really pay attention to anything else. But so you have to be aware of what's going on around you, not to know that you're the best, right? Of course, you're gonna think you're the shit. You don't pay attention to anybody else. <laughs> but it made sense that he thought that now that I'm thinking about it right now. But I thought it was just arrogance. I think it's more ignorance than arrogance now that I thought thought about it. Yeah. And I'm I'm excited to see the change that's gonna happen um with his personality as he starts to remember things and as Tandro uh his personality and lifestyle takes effect on uh, uh Tokito, so Yeah. And like he said, uh like you said, Miss Hashira's father has the same red eyes as Tanjiro's. Like, I mean, could they be like related? Is I think that's a possibility at this point. I mean, they when when it showed uh, when it showed them, they kind of like uh, they look really they kind of look similar. So um, it's definitely a possibility because we don't know a whole lot about Tanjiro's uh, 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 past. Um, so. I don't know. Maybe it's like in-laws, cousins, or yeah. It seems uh, like he was like maybe he's like a part of like a bigger clan of people that they just didn't know about because they lived in the mountains. Yeah, so I I don't know. Um, he definitely didn't look like uh, Tokido, and obviously Tanjiro and Tokido don't look the same. But um, I don't know. It's it's uh it's something to keep it. It's something to it's something to watch out for uh, going yeah. on. So. Cool, cool. Anything else you got for this uh this episode? I don't think so. I think that uh, old Tokido is gonna make easy work out of uh out of the vase man Gyoko is what I oh, think. Oh, I think it's a wrap. Oh, I think oh. it's an absolute. He's about to pack him the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I also want him to get those Sinbon out of his face. It's really creeping me out yeah, at this point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the last I don't know thing I'm saying. Got him out yet? So Dude, this shit's so nasty. Uh, um. But yeah, let's get to One Piece. Uh, One Piece, episode yeah. 1062, three, store, three sword style of the Supreme King Zoro versus King. So in this one, Zoro successfully figures out a way to cut King. And as this is happening, King remembers the days when he first met Kaido and commits to helping him become the King of the Pirates. Um, so we go back to the previous episode uh, outside of like the the review episode we have before this to where King is, I mean, Queen is getting defeated by Sanji. Um, but some people were saying this was the best one piece episode ever, bro. It was directed by Ryusuke Tanaka. We already know he's fucking goaded. He's made yeah. some banger episodes before <laughs> and I'm glad they brought him in for this one. But did this one live up to the hype that you were seeing like on Twitter, bro? Uh, I think so. Um, you know, I don't know if y'all noticed or not, but Zoro is my man. You know, he's uh, yeah. uh, he holds a special place in my heart. Uh, I think even more so than Luffy, um, mm. because you know everybody loves to love Luffy, but Zoro, he's he don't have a devil fruit, and like he's he struggles to you know become who he is, and uh, like he's just he's just a bad he's just a bad man. <laughs> <laughs> oh absolutely 
And I'm like, yeah, I'm the same way, bro. Like, I think he's such a good character. Um, the way he's like committed to helping Luffy get better and achieve his goals. And we see him help out a lot with Luffy's like leadership style and making leadership decisions and how to be a captain. He, I think he learns a lot of that from Zoro. And you know, he's, you know, Zoro's not afraid to stand up to Luffy when he sees Luffy going down the wrong path. I mean, wrong path because he's actually done it before, like uh, back uh, when Usopp. Um, you know, uh, had a fit about the going merry, uh, and challenged Luffy, and Luffy was just like brushing him off, you know, whatever. And Zoro was like, "No, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be my captain and handle it like this. Like you gotta right. have to do something." Nah, so. and, that, and, that, and like that's a real friend. Like even in like real life, like if your friends never challenge you when you like doing something fucked up or they seeing you like not living out your potential, like I have really, I have am blessed with a few really, really good friends that I grew up with. Um, and those are the people that check me and I check yeah. them. And if that's healthy, like you shouldn't always agree. You shouldn't let your friends just do whatever they want if they're not doing the right thing. And if they I value mean, your, shows, your opinion, you know, it shows you, respect, you know, like you respect each other. So. Oh, for sure. It's come to blows a few times, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I, we, we're like brothers, man. Like I, I, I fought like my best friend. I've, I've come to blows with him. Like, five or six times my whole life and like it's always like once the fight's over we're like hey you, are you okay hey, you good bro yeah and then we just go about our day <laughs> are we good yeah 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 for yeah. Sure. yeah i mean obviously that's more as like kids like we you know and like young adults you know now that we're 30 we ain't got the we ain't get the knees for that anymore no. <laughs> uh you stay you stay injured a lot longer to our younger viewers when you when you turn 30 you get up there in those high high 20s you stay injured a little bit longer. You don't bounce <laughs> back like rubber anymore. Shout out Luffy. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, with this episode being hopped up like so much, uh, um, and you really didn't, uh, read the manga. Uh, like what, what do you think your like favorite part and of this episode was, and was there like anything that you didn't actually like? Um, um, I'm going to start off with, things i did like um i'm gonna nitpick on the things i don't that's because this episode was phenomenal i got got a few things i didn't like too so okay good i'm I'm not gonna be the debbie down in this episode (laughs) awesome i get to switch roles um so just to give y'all you guys like some some context like this was ranked a 9.9 out of 10 on imdb that's damn near perfect yeah, it's the top One Piece episode uh, to date. Um, you know, they had like 10, 15 ranked at like 9.4, I think. And I don't even think 10, 61 was on there. Uh, so, Should be. Yeah. Uh, they had uh, like some that was really close, but 9.9 was at the top of the list for One Piece. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and get out of the way. I don't think this is the best One Piece episode of all time. Period. It's 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 up there, but it's not not by no means the best for me. Um, I like the animation. The choreography was top ten. Um, I thought the battle ended quickly once Zoro figured out how to cut him. But it's Zoro, so you know he he's gonna he's gonna get it done. He ain't gonna yeah. lose. Um, but I really liked the moments. There were so many. I'm gonna say like screensaver moments, right? Like where you could you could. Copy and paste your screen, and, and it could be your background to be fucking pretty. Uh, there are a lot of great visuals. Choreography was good. Um, 
the flashback with King and Kaido where they first met was phenomenal. That was probably my favorite part of the episode. Um, other than like the final attacks, because that shit was sick as fuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> but things I didn't like, um, I don't like that like texture they put on the characters they've been doing the last few episodes, what they did with Sanji when he was knocking out Queen. It kind of makes them feel like cloth to me. Um, they did it better in this episode, though. It's growing on me. Um, but I thought in Sanji and Queen's fight, it didn't, it didn't work as well. And outside of that, like I was expecting like the buildup to the end of this fight to take longer. I think one episode didn't do it justice for how much Zoro was struggling. You know, we've seen this man struggle with, with King for months now. And then it clicks. He figures out the secret. I was hoping that even though he figured out that, that secret that King had, he was still going to have trouble getting through his defenses anyway, which he didn't. Well, I mean, I think he would have if it wasn't if it wasn't for Inma, and that's why that's why he said that he has to he has to end this soon because Inma was going to kill him. So very true. And Inma is you know just a different beast altogether, and that's I me mean, personally. I think that's the only reason why uh, Zoro was able to defeat him that fast is because because of Inma. So yeah, Inma's Inma's a very 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 strong sword yeah a little bit uh, too strong for our boys Zoro right now so for me like my favorite part of this episode um which i liked all the things that bass was talking about but my favorite part to me was the ending um where Zoro, you know it shows Zoro coming back down from the uh the uh you know final attack and he's just like mm-hmm. and i'll i'll become the king of hell and then it cuts to the outro um, the special Zoro outro, which was, you know, this, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is how we know he's number two, y'all. <laughs> this is how we know he's number two. Ain't nobody else got their own outro. <laughs> nobody. Our man's gets a little Z, like, you know, for Zoro, obviously. That was pretty cool. Um, I thought there was some really cool moments. Um, obviously, minority hunter uh, Zoro struck, struck again during this episode. <laughs> I don't know why he's always slicing up brown people, but it is what it is. I guess I got to talk to you, Oda. Shit's getting a little out of hand. Um, <laughs> but like, I noticed something like, so when Zoro finally cut King's face, I think it was, he did bird dance. And that was the first time he cut him and he cut his mask straight down. And he has to tear off his mask. Um, King is gorgeous, by the way. Like I'm, I'm, I'm man enough to say that that motherfucker is objectively good looking. Um, he's got his flowing white locks, but then some of the other beast pirates that are there, he's like, oh, the rumors are true. You know, he's a lunatarian. He's got dark skin, white hair, and wings. And I the thought flame, it was, you know, and, and, and the flame. Yeah, obvious. Yeah, he has the flame. And I thought it was kind of telling that he had to actually kill his, his subordinates on spot once they saw him. Uh, because the world government would give them a hundred million berries just to know he was alive. Um, yeah, I mean, who's not going to do that, you know? Especially, like, low-life uh, pirates like that. So. Right, that's the most money. They'll, that's enough money for probably 10 lifetimes for them. Yeah, they're going to they gonna, they gonna call him up and be like, hey, yo, this is, this is it. Where's my money? I'm out, mm-hmm. you know? Come get him. Come pack him up. <laughs> um, I thought it was sad. You know, Zoro kind of, like, jokes and it's like, you know, why'd you have to kill, kill them? And I knew Zoro, Zoro knew what was going on, but I thought it was sad because, like, now that now we realize that gimp suit's really like a prison. 
he can't even show his face in public. You know, probably the only person that's ever seen his face is is Kaido and maybe Queen. You know, that that I thought that was really sad, man. Um, and that made me even more. I'm not gonna say sad that he got defeated, but it, it was like it was bittersweet, I guess, because I, I thought he deserved better. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, you know, as far as the the uh, subordinates, they shouldn't even been there anyways. They shouldn't have been nowhere near that fight. Let's no, be honest. Would have definitely like, gotten in the way or killed yeah. by accident. Like, well, why are you even there? Like, if I seen Zoro and King fighting, my ass would have been out of there. So, oh, bro. Yeah, I would have been trying to figure out how to get off Onigashima. <laughs> Especially like, when King pulls out those Imperial flame, yeah. flame wings. Bro, nah. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> like, what do y'all do, bro? <laughs> so what did he just do? Nah. <laughs> Nani? Yeah, like, straight up. <laughs> I ain't sticking around for that, my plebeian ass. Um, it, uh, one thing that I want to touch on, though... Did you like uh, I know we we ended up watching this in Discord, you know, for the first time with uh with some of our uh, Discord members. Shout out to the community for showing up for that. We appreciate y'all, man. Hell yeah. And uh make sure y'all join the Discord cuz we might do something like this again, you know. Oh, we Never will. Know. Oh, we will. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I kind of got lost on some scenes because uh it would it would it would start out on um in one place. And then a flashback would happen, and then they, when they came back to the real world, they would be in a different place. Uh, did you have the same issues as that? Um, Boy, I didn't even notice that shit. No, <laughs> I didn't even notice, dude. No, uh, you got a little bit better attention to detail with me. That's what I just learned right now. Um, yeah. So, like, I obviously I watched it again for the podcast. You know, taking and you know, that way we would have a, a better concept yeah, of what was have going our good on. Notes, right? Yeah, but. I still, um, I still kind of got lost a little bit uh, during those scenes, and I think it was just, uh, you know, fast paced, um, obviously, and right. I think it would, uh, it just, it just threw me off. It being in, uh, it starting in one location, flashing back, and then they continued the uh, current um, uh, uh, fight in a different location than we left on, so. It was like, oh, I kind of got oh, lost in that. I know what you're talking about. So, like, when they were, like, in that, like, crawl space, it looked like, with, like, all the rafters and stuff, right? Yeah, and then all of a sudden, they was on top. So, no, Zoro like actually blew King out of that. They showed it. They showed it. But I think but they were switching around while he was going through his memories, and I think they were trying to, like, convey that the fight's still happening while he's thinking about these things. And I honestly think that they tried to like uh flash forward too during this fight and then go back to uh a previous uh moment in the fight to show it as well as and then they added in the flashbacks uh of way back when as well so did you did you kind of did you think you noticed anything like that them like flashing forward and flashing back in the current and then going way way back with a flashback I, I did pick up on that, um, and like even the even the flashback jumped around. Right, it, it started off with them being the guinea pigs in the world government, I guess, like test facility, and then it went for them being a few years later, uh, which I thought was some really touching moments that happened in that flashback. Guys, you got to go check this episode out as soon as possible. Um, yeah, I nine point like, nine does it justice, but uh, I mean, it didn't it, really it, it, hurt it, it, hurt the episode for me. I just think that 
it probably could have been portrayed a little better. But obviously, the main focus of this episode was the fight and how how you know Zoro was gonna figure it out and defeat him. So yeah, I I thought it to me it flowed well. To me, yeah. it actually flowed pretty well. Um, I definitely see what you're saying with it, like being like jumping around. Um, but I think they tried to distract us from that with the action, which they got me. They got me. I thought it flowed okay. Um, it wasn't like a big knock that I saw uh, for the episode, especially with all the the the, the great choreography. I, and you know, I said during after our, our our little watch party while we were still in the Discord that to me, One Piece isn't about the fights typically. Um, it's about the story and like the, the the lore and everything going on around the fights and what the fights mean. So to see like that choreography get stepped up was really cool. It's like one of our, I think, just the general One Piece fandom, like one of our favorite fights are with Katakori. Uh, and it's not great choreography. They do the same thing like a million times, but it's still a great yeah. fight because of what it meant. Um, yeah. So just to see good choreography, uh, the team over at Toy did a bang up job on this one. Did you think this was like the best episode ever? I never got to ask you. Uh, so if we're talking like uh, um, so the way the way I'm gonna break it down is, you know, we got three episodes that we got the two, two that just aired recently, ten sixty one, ten sixty two, Sanji mm-hmm. being ten sixty one, Zoro being ten sixty two, and we got ten fifteen, which is Luffy's entrance to the top of the school dome. And, you know, he had Luffy and Zoro and all them standing up there, Law Kid, and Big Mom and Kaido was there. And, of course, uh, our boy, uh, I forget his name, uh, uh, Samurai uh, Guy, Momo's uh, Guardian. Uh, shit. Wow. Hey. Wow, I don't remember his name either right yeah. now. Oh, no. Uh, I think it starts with a K. It um, does. It does. Um, Kinemon. <laughs> Kinemon, so, yeah, that's him. Had Kinemon, you know, behind him. He was holding <laughs> off uh, Kaido and them for a little while before Luffy got there. And, you know, obviously Luffy just, like, got up there and just started walking and, like, all serious. And we didn't know what was going to happen. And then Kaido and Big Mom was just looking at him as he was walking. And he walked past him. And they was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> this man just do to us he just ignored us and walked past us yeah that was some big boss shit right there and he went past him and you know started talking to Kinemon and mm-hmm. ended up having Law switch him and then throw the first punch of the fight and uh, to me you know I think that episode was the best One Piece episode to date because that shit went hard okay um, I don't know how it's only a 9.4. Uh, not not knocking my man Zoro in his episode because it's right behind, you know, 10.15. But uh, that just, that what was the entrance of Wano. I, I can't think of the name, number off the top of my head. Do I know? Wh- which one is 10.15? I can't remember off the top of my head right now. 10.15 is the, the one I just described. Oh, that was, okay, that was 10.15. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. So 10.15 uh, is number one for me. Overall, uh, and 10.62 is Oro is obviously a close second, but you know, 10.15 it just marked this the beginning of Luffy, you know, being uh, you know, just being able to match, you know, the strongest pirate in the world, you know, that's uh, uh, now, yeah, okay, 
That's better than Say You Want to Live? That's better than Zoro taking the pain? I think so. Ah, uh, shit. Those are my I mean, top two. I mean, those those are obviously up there. Like, when when I'm talking about, like, uh, my r- rankings, mm-hmm. like, one, two, three, four, like, we're not, we're, we're talking, like, very close to each other. Right, and right. We're not talking about like a big gap. We're talking they're like really, really close. And uh obviously those will be a big part of One Piece. You know, I uh especially my man Zoro. I can't stress that enough. He's he's my man. And um Zoro love for real. But um yeah, for, yeah, for me just, it's like it's it's hard to like rank One Piece episodes because like there's so many great ones and they're all great for like different reasons. Like yeah. as far as like fighting and like animation goes, this is number one for me. But like with like impact, and, like things I'm gonna like remember for like for a very long time. Like say you want to live was like I yeah. remember I, I was I was sitting on my lazy boy in my like uh, in my room watching this on like a Sunday morning, and I, I bro I stood up, I straight up stood up. I was so excited. Um, I mean, you got you got me. situations like that. You got Nami's, you know, is right. I There's mean, so many just like high impact moments, bro. Yeah, it's hard to pick. Um, and obviously, I think the, uh, I don't know the correct term for it, but um, uh, it being a recent event, you know, probably uh, plays part into our decisions too. There's a name for it too. The recency bias? Yeah, that's probably it. But, yeah. Uh, I think that recency bias uh, like Bass said, it plays a part into 1015, 1062, 1061 as well. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's been so long since we've seen, you know, Zoro taking all the pain and, you know, Robin wanting to live and Nami, you know, stuff like that. So it's just hard to rank stuff like this. But just know that these are, you know, top 10 moments. This is, you know, these are one 100%. of the top moments, you know. And just to, just to be that high when when a when a, any show has a thousand plus episodes, I mean, it just tells you how great it is. And just all by itself. The crazy thing is, is we think these are top ten moments now, but um, you know, we haven't even seen you know uh, the future top ten moments that I are going to come. That's going to be even greater than this, because you know the King Pirates, you know, with Kato. I mean, the Beast Pirates with Kaido and King and Queen and all of them, that's their strongest opponent to date. But, you know, back when we was watching, you know, uh, Dress Rosa, we thought that that was the best episode. You know, Luffy and all of them, you know, fighting uh, um, Doflamingo, Dofi and them, uh, and just just Water 7 and all those. Uh, but we don't know what the future's, you know, going to hold. And what we're gonna see, and it's it's wild that we're a thousand and fifty episodes in, thousand sixty episodes in, and we're still seeing top ten moments. So it's amazing. I, and that's one thing I do really appreciate um, about One Piece. It, it keeps delivering over and over and over, and in multiple decades, uh, in every arc, we get those really crazy good moments. You know. Some people rag on Skypea, but even it even had some really good moments. Maybe not top ten because there's a thousand plus episodes, but still a good arc, in my opinion. Um, it's just crazy how this has been so consistent over such yeah. a long amount of time. This is peak piece, you know. Like it's 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 
I don't know how you could do, do better storytelling than this. Yes, it's drawn out. Yes, it, the pacing is extremely slow. But in the end, the moments like what we had this past Saturday, it makes it all worth it. And the thing is, is like uh, with, uh, you know, just like Twitter has been popping off lately, you know, they're like, if you haven't watched One Piece yet, why? Why are you Dead not watching ass. One Piece? Deadass. Like, is it because the episodes, the episode list? I mean, starting ca- watch casually page? watching like one or two, you know, every day or at least one every day or something like that. I guess it's better than not watching it at all. Yeah, it's I it's mean, so worth it, man. It it took me five times of like watching the first ten episodes to actually like get through it and get all the way in it. But once I did, man, I, I mean, it, it starts really slow, um, in, in my opinion as well. But once you get to Arlong, like, oh, it's, it's a whole wrap. You know, it's it's pretty it's pretty good, bro. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's where I would rank them at. Is you know probably. Uh, but obviously recency bias, it plays a big part in that. Um, but 10, 15 off the top of my head, I, I'm just going with like 10, 15, 10, 62, 10, 61. Mm-hmm. That's what I was ranking more so than the, all of them. But, um, uh, but yeah, I think 10, 15 still takes the cake for me. It's just, uh, uh, solid choice though. Really I mean, it was, solid it was just choice. Good, good entrance, bro. Hell yeah. That was one of the most hype, ho- uh, hype moments here recently. Yeah, that's when we know Luffy, Luffy's a bad, badass, bro. Yeah. So. Last thing I want to say, uh, and, then, and then we can, you know, get to it, but how the fuck are they going to do better than this with Zoro versus Mihawk? Because that's got to happen at some point. What? Uh, can they deliver? Can they deliver on the hype, bro? This is going to be crazy. I don't know. Like, uh, you know... It's hard. It's hard to. It's hard to picture that because, you know, what, what reason does Zoro and Mihawk have to fight other than you know being the best swordsman ever? And where does that play a part in the story? You know, because obviously, uh, Zoro has changed his priorities to match Luffy a little bit. So he's he's getting stronger for Luffy and not just himself anymore. So yeah. Uh, I think they'll uh, figure out a way to. I mean, they got plenty of time to make it mean something. I think, but yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I think that if it ever happens, that it'll be uh, uh, epic, and uh, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, it's gotta happen. It's the gotta future, happen. the future episodes, the potential of so many future episodes that are coming. Like, like we're talking like. We're going to be talking about, instead of the top 10 of One Piece, we're going to be talking about the top 50 of One Piece, and it's going to have the same caliber caliber of episodes as a top 10 of anime in general. Uh, top 10 episodes of anime in general, you know. And yeah. the top 50 episodes of One Piece is just going to be, you know, the last, the number 50 on the list is going to be just as good as, like, uh, uh, any of the top 10 on uh top 10 of all anime so i don't know it's wild bro <laughs> it is potential. We, we were always eating as long as one piece is on yeah uh but uh i mean do we do we do we want to talk about it like 
We could talk all day about when Bay. When yeah, Bay I mean, we we wild. definitely could, man. <laughs> I think we need to wrap it up, bro. I think we're I think we're a little over on our time today. <laughs> Where's Dan at when we need him? Yeah, he's, he's the, the one that keeps, keeps this shit control. on track. Yeah, he does. We'll just ramble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, um, uh, we, I guess we're gonna end it there, and uh, we just want to say thank you to everyone that you know takes the time out of their busy day to listen to us. And also, if you want to help us out, it would be awesome if you'd leave us a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Um, it really helps us out a lot. Uh, hopefully a five-star. And speaking of five-star reviews, we also have one to share today. It's one of our first ones uh, that has uh, a uh, note with it. And it says, best podcast out there. Hey. I really enjoy this podcast. The hosts are very knowledgeable. And Bass is a hunk with a smiley, kissy face. Uh, Bass, you got anything to oh, say about man. that? Hey, I appreciate the love. I, and, I, and I love that you think we're knowledgeable. I appreciate that, too. <laughs> yes, sir. Ain't number love but over here. Appreciate you. Yeah. So uh, y'all keep them coming. Uh, we'll, we'll give y'all a shout out if y'all leave us one. Uh, and if you want to chat with us and the other DJs, join our Discord. We're also pretty active on Twitter as well. Well. Our link tree with all the links is in the description. Thanks for listening, and see y'all Thursday, y'all. Bye. Later.